Welcome to the Retro Reservoir, where games from past come rushing in. I'm Evan. And I'm Jack. And uh, welcome to the first episode of uh, Real Episodes. Last one was a bit of an introduction, and now we're going to get into kind of the meat and potatoes. Happy uh, Irish Day, Jack. Happy happy Irish. Thank, thank you all for listening to our prelude episode. You know all the backstory. Now it's time for the, for the meat and potatoes. So, Jack, what are you drinking? You were yawning. Morning? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I am having Irish soda bread and coffee for breakfast, even though it's noon. What coffee I'm, are you drinking? Uh, this is Maxwell House Maxwell House decaf, and I'm drinking Maxwell House decaf. I'm trying to keep one day the week devoted to not a not regular coffee, so I supplement it with either decaf or tea. Which some people argue that tea has more caffeine in it. So, I don't know. I try to just stick to decaf things during, uh, like, one day a week. It's I don't have it set to a specific day because I never know what's going to happen. But yeah, today's today is decaf day. Okay. What, what are cool. you drinking? Uh, propel water. <laughs> Does it propel you forward? Uh, it makes me drink water because I forget to drink water, and having a bottle helps. Cool. Hey, Jack, what you playing? Well, I've been playing Elden Ring. Uh, after much deliberation from everyone, including you, uh, you guys have convinced me. I So I downloaded it, and I can say for certain this is the most fun I've had playing a Dark Souls-esque game in a very long time, which I guess isn't really saying too much because my only other uh, experience, if you listen to episode zero, was Bloodborne and from what we discovered in that last conversation, you were saying Bloodborne's kind of on like the the more tactical side of things when it comes to the mechanics, whereas with Elden Ring, it's just a good fantasy time. It's also really hard, but it's still a fun time. <laughs> um, yeah, we actually um, started doing some co-op in that I made a new character just to kind of run along with you. Yeah, so the last and time we talked about it, though, you said you had put 24 hours in. How many hours do you have in this game now? Do you want my main character or I do you want, want your, total gameplay? No, I want your. I want you to tell the truth. Okay, so I have 85 hours in my one character. How long has the game been out? A week or so. Exactly. Two weeks. You've devoted at least a third of your time. Well, that's Since 85 hours on one character. Okay. And then I have like the five hours we played on my other character. We've played five <laughs> hours together? Pretty much. Yeah, that game goes fast. Whoa. That's nutty. Yeah. I think I just passed nine hours. I go almost 10. So it's not a full 24 hour review on my part, but it is, it is, it is a lot of fun. Like it really scratches that itch of discover big old parts of a map and finding things to do and discover. I wound up traveling to an area that I had talked with another friend of mine who I played a little bit with last night and he had never been there before. So I brought him there and we wound up getting the reward for clearing that area in the overworld was a sacred tier. So which is just something that you can use to upgrade how many potions or it upgrades the effectiveness of your potions, which was really cool. And I didn't know about until we both went into that space together. Now, where was this out? Like uh, Limgrave East Church so kind of thing? Uh, what is it? Castle Moor in the southern part of the map, southern 
eastern. Oh, okay. Part so of the map. you you got into the southern part. Cool. Yeah, I I cleared out that uh that section that castle already. That's what I did last night. And oh, awesome! With the guy asking you. Yeah, with the captain. Captain. Yeah, the captain of the. Oh yes, captain. Of the of, yeah, yeah. We fought the. There's a mer. There's like the mermaid merm creature with the giant sword in the little bay area. And the George R R Martin inspired. The fishman. Fishman with the giant sword. Yeah, he's like half half creature, half fish, big honking sword there's like a bunch i mean what did you get as a reward a sword was it a a sword made of swords it could be i could look it up it might be the it might be i it might be the thing that you're talking about i because i'm trying not to like but like i remember that being pretty deep into my i mean that's the fun about this game everyone goes to different places at different times and like when we were playing we were doing like the base dungeons and i think we just beat margot did we beat margot did we beat Margaret? No, we didn't beat Margaret. We backed no, out. Because what happened was, yeah, because we did it a couple times, and that's when I had dropped you that other knife. So you yes. can get crazy bleed damage. And then you gave me the mace, which gave me crazy bleed. And then we had a couple instances where we were both able to do full two handed combos, and his health ex- just d- disappeared, but he still, the thing that kept catching us up was his uh hammer phase and that was annoying because i still i haven't gone back there since i've just been wandering around looking for better armor because i'm walking around with no pants because i started off as a wretched so you kind of you were able to get to the southest part of the map i'd say right yeah i'm pretty sure castle moore is the bottom of the map I, I think so, too. But this game, I mean, you saw what you started with map wise with Limgrave just being yeah. like, oh, yeah, this is the map. And you're like, wow, this game's big. And then I was like, oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, God, this game is big. <laughs> but, that, but that's really that's the best part about the game now is like just when I think I've exhausted all of the stuff in one area, I just have to travel a little bit further. And it's like, oh, Jesus, oh, what's all this stuff? <laughs> And you went down to uh, the underground, right? Yes, I went down there for a hot second. And you and saw I, what your map did, right? Yes. It, you click the stick and uh, it's a new map just I, underground. I was so, so pumped, but I immediately traveled back because I'm trying to remember why I went there in the first place. I think it was, I think either you or my other buddy that I've been playing with told me to go over there for a hot second or no. I, didn't no i think patches sent you over there and you're like no patches sent me into the area directly east of Lim, limbs grave where all the big bears are yeah and then that's where you find the elevator that goes down right oh dip maybe yeah yeah he sends you right there and like the only thing over there is like the elevator and some other that's right i forgot stuff. about patches what a character patches, patches. Our good pal patches are good non-backstabbing friend patches i mean he really only backstabs you if you do something to you know against him like steal his clothes that's only fair for him listen i wasn't gonna keep the clothes i even gave the clothes back to him for for a low low price of 10 10 runes uh so yeah we've been enjoying uh jumping in together with that Mm -hmm. we're gonna definitely do more of it though for sure. Oh, yeah. This is the most while I'm playing on my main character, I see things and I'm like, oh, that would be fun for a second character kind of game. I'm already thinking about secondary character things. Are you? Yeah, I am. I picked up the turtle shield last night. 
Oh, you found the turtle shield. I want to find be a, a teenage second one. Mutant ninja turtle. I want double find, shield. I want to double shield it, dude. I really do. So in Dark Souls two, I think it was two. There was this shield that actually did damage. Like you could like use it as a weapon. Is that the door and shield? You could, I think so. Yeah, and you could just slam the doors to. We used that in my uh, the D and D campaign. We did gave it to we did it, we gave it to Gary. Gary, Gary, D and D campaign. Or was it Jerry? I don't remember. There was a lot of Aries. There's a lot of Aries. <laughs> well, fun, fun side story. I hosted a, a little D and D campaign for us and uh, three, three other friends, and it was my first time getting back into DMing. And I didn't want to give everyone like the basic stuff that you find in the DM's guide because I wanted to, you know, flavor it up a little bit. So Gary was playing a a mastodon cleric and he didn't really get any fun weapons or anything like that so i gave him a homebrewed version of the dark souls door shields door shield because i think it's one item and then you just kind of clamp it together and so he was able to use that in combat and i honestly don't know if he ever i don't remember him ever using it except one time I think he used it to rush rush someone. Speaking about D&D, though, I think one of the things I love a lot about Elden Ring is because I'm just thinking about D&D mechanics, and they're very much present in Elden Ring, and it's so much, it's so fun to see those parallels because I'm a big fan of D&D. I miss playing it. So this is almost like a supplemental thing that I can do if I'm ever feeling like playing some good fantasy stuff. I can't get a group together. This has the most I'm just going to create a story ability of mm-hmm. like an open world game that I've played in a while. Breath of the Wild, you're Link, you go out, you find things that are out there. But like this is fully, oh, there's this group of people. What are they doing? Oh, I can kind of tell that they're defending this. Yeah, I'm going to go wreck their day up and see what they're defend Like, and you just kind of like create your own. Like my second character that I'm making with you, I'm being a huge nerd and playing as Dritz Duerden, uh, which if you don't know, is a old Unforgotten uh, Realms, still popular Unforgotten Realms uh, character that I it, it's what got me into D&D. And I was just like, I want to pl- I want to play Dritz. <laughs> I'm gonna play Dritz. It's the most like MMO every night elf in World of Warcraft hunter named Dritz. It's just But it's working. It's happening. It's nerdy and I love it and it's fun. And I'm the reason I want to do it is because my main character, I'm not using any craftable items. Like any, really. Mm. And I was like, that's a mechanic that like I see an interest in. And I wonder what it would be like to not use spells and use items instead and like craftables. So that's kind of like my inspiration for the little side character I'm doing with you. And I just it's really neat because, yeah, much like D&D, I feel like there's so many options to play style. If you want to do that, like DM play style of count every arrow, collect things and almost monster early Monster Hunter like collect stuff to use it to get more stuff to collect stuff mm-hmm. gameplay loop you can or you can do what my like first character did which is just i'm going to have a spell and i'm going to have a sword and i'm going to use them it's just a different like mindset of gameplay which i enjoy them being able to put in because i feel like it makes it more approachable for different place players and like play styles it's ha- it's got the same kind of appeal that skyrim had when it first came out, that idea of doing things the way you want to in a big old world, of you know, not knowing what the world's going to hold and being able to run into these kinds of encounters. And I argue that this does it better 
because it's got a better game engine. Elden Ring and Skyrim do asset reuse, and it's like very apparent asset reuse. Um, the difference being in Skyrim, I'm sick and tired of going through Draugr tunnels, mm-hmm. and like it's the same, and there's no real like challenge or twist to it. But I've noticed that in Elden Ring, I'll be like, yeah, this is another Stone Gargoyle one. Okay, cool. I got to run, find the switch to open the heavy door. And it's the same assets, but they're placed in ways that make it feel more puzzle-like. It's like, yeah, this is the same character, the same little enemy, but they're then placed in different. Like, there's one room where you run ahead and they follow you up behind. And then there's the fire that attacks you from the little fire. I think you did that. Yes. That's like one of the first dungeons. And that's a really cool one. And if you don't mind a little bit of a spoiler for like a minor dungeon later on. There's so much to get through. I'm sure I'll forget by the time I get to it. (laughs) There's one where I'm running through a skeleton cave and I'm like, okay, okay. I know the skeletons. Skeletons work. You attack them with either like bludgeoning damage or holy weapons and they stay down or you attack the corpse and they stay down. Cool. But I was hitting like a dead end. I was like, is there an invisible wall or something? And there was one room that had two giant like scythes slamming down on the ground and slowly rising up. And what I had to do was stand on the scythes to get up to another platform. And I was just like, oh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. I love that. And so there's just a lot of little puzzles that you can like put together with these same assets or these like the same dungeon layout. Previously, uh, Bloodborne did this with the channel dungeons. I think they're called channel dungeons. I don't think I ever got the chance to get to those, but please explain. They're just a side multiplayer little almost randomized little dungeon, but they only give like runes and stuff. And they were kind of like optional and no one really did them unless you were farming or looking for a second item that only spawns in the chalice, the chalice dungeon. But in this one, because of the explorative nature and because of, well, there's a little indentation on the map here. I'm going to go see what it is. Oh, it's a cave. Cool. And you can just pop in, pop out. It makes it so much more fun to explore these little things. The the thing that I definitely, and I'm sure you could tell from how many times I've brought it up, but the thing that I really have been enjoying with this game is just going, going, getting lost, seeing a thing in the distance and being like, hey, the heck is that thing? And going over to it only to realize it's just another ruin with a bunch of rune stones next to it. And you're like, ah, dang, I thought this could have been something. Oh, well, what's that over there? And then you run into an enemy you've never seen before. And then you're just doing a battle of like, can I fight this thing? I'll just do a, I'll just do a test hit, test hit to see how much damage I do. Oh, I did none. Horse. <laughs> and you just, yeah, just, just run horse away. Out. Horse out. Oh, fun thing. I don't know if you've discovered this yet, but Mm -hmm. summoning the horse and getting off the horse has invincibility frames. I did notice some of it when... So you can do some really goofy stuff of like, if an enemy keeps attacking, you just hop off the horse, hop on the horse, hop off the horse, hop on the horse every time they swing. And people are doing dumb videos online of like doing that during open world bosses and stuff of just like memeing on some character it's fun i love it it's goofy and that's kind of what i also love about elden ring is it's not afraid to be goofy and to have like some goofy moments and things going on have you been to caleb yet caleb is is it north red place red sky red east. place red sky east no if that's that a, does, no, then that's no. a little bit further than what i've been i think i've it's been discovered on my map because i 
it, when I picked up the map for the um, the eastern section, it pop it's it's there. Like I see it, but it's only like the beginning parts of it. Okay. Well, this isn't too much of a spoiler because it's literally like right in that beginning part. Mm-hmm. There's just a dog that has T Rex proportions. A real dog. Yeah. Not, it's just not like like a, the a, meme dogs. But, but like no, a real a dog, real dog. Okay. not not could be dog is this god um no <laughs> that's my favorite one Honestly, you haven't met having seen have you that, met god yet no the god dog oh okay what what the hell is that <laughs> you'll see oh, uh, <laughs> i i'm sorry there's so much to i was i was referencing i was referencing all of the stuff that we were seeing like a lot of people just play, place down messages saying is this dog and it's just to any animal that's not threatening that like (laughs) is just kind of roaming the world so you always see them around turtles and that's why i brought it up because i was like the tortoise every time i've heard the term dog it's literally been in reference to everything other than the i've never seen a dog so this is this is in fact you've seen a a dog dog. you went into that uh camp by the gate that's like i'm that's i'm talking like wolf bark pup I'm not talking. Yeah, no, there's no pup pups. This okay, so it's like a wolf, a mangy dog. Okay. There's a mangy dog with T Rex proportions, and okay. it's hilarious. That sounds You'll hilarious. see it soon. So, have has that pretty much been what you've been playing this week? Like, has that encapsulated? Yeah. Your week so I was two playing because yeah. Oh my gosh, time. I know it's freaking scaring me, bro. So I have been playing Elden Ring as of late because I bought it. I think I, I think I bought it on Friday and I played it over the weekend. So that's where all my eight, nine hours comes from. But before that, I was playing our game that we were going to talk about, which is Chrono Trigger. And we're still going to talk about it, but I'm we are going to preface that Elden Ring kind of took over. I will take the L on this one, say Elden Ring took over my life and I only put about eight hours, eight, nine hours into uh, Chrono Trigger. And I played 12 hours. 12 13 hours and then i got stuck in a boss fight which i don't want to say out loud in case you haven't gotten to it so why don't you say where you left off i'll actually before that i'm gonna finish off my week okay of what i've been playing yes Uh, tell me it's been elden ring but on top of that uh me and a friend got into we did some matches on fightcade with uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 2. They find they put the arcade version of Marvel MVC 2 on Fightcade. And we've been doing some network play. It's been really fun. Mm, nice. Uh, Ruby Hart is my wife. I love her. I love Ruby. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. Um, I've also been playing uh, Vampire Survivors. Do you know this game? Yeah, I've been playing uh, Justin. Uh, the other person that we've been I've been playing Elden Ring with. He introduced me to that game, and it's really fun. It's weirdly addicting. It is. Okay, so I have a bit of a weakness for cookie clickers and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because number go up, make me feel good. Serotonin and brain gets rushing. So this really hits that kind of like flow state, just mindlessly walk around. Because for those who don't know, Vampire Survivors is um, a game that's essentially a roguelike top-down castlevania looking pixel game but not top you, down in the sense of when you think of top down i think people sometimes get the notion of it's more like diablo it is a 2d sprite uh walk around type dealio 
it's not a very it's not a high end graphics type of top down. Right. And the more enemies you kill, so the the attacks happen just on a timer. You don't ha- all you do is move around and pick upgrades. So the attacks happen on a timer. You get upgrades to make the attacks faster. You get upgrades to get more attacks. And it's just this kind of like snowball effect of you're killing huge numbers of bats and skeletons walking towards you. And it just really is. All right. What's the best, most efficient way I can walk through this crowd to get all these gem things to get level ups, to get more weapons, to do it more efficiently. And you do that and it's set on a timer you will always end at 30 minutes. So the, the runs take 30 minutes just to get in and out. And at each like minute interval, so like at like five minutes, something's going to happen. At 10 minutes, something's going to happen. Depending on the map, they have. And then uh, outside of that, you have upgrades, which upgrade like your base experience gain, gold gain, which you use to buy more things. And it's, just, it's very roguelike. Upgrade your stuff so you can mindlessly walk around so you can number go up so you can do harder things and last longer. Have you completed a run yet? Oh, yeah. Okay. I haven't. I. Oh, you haven't? Okay. No, the highest I've gotten is 27 minutes. And then I kind of, I had to step away. So it was very frustrating. (laughs) I hit the 15 minute mark and either I'm going to 100% complete it or I'm going to fail, depending on the upgrades they gave me and what I chose. Gotcha. Question. Who's your go to character in Vampire Slayer? I really like the Simon Belmont looking. I keep getting the name of that game wrong. I keep wanting to say Slayers. I don't know why. I mean, yeah, alliteration. It's not alliteration, but it's just. (laughs) It just sounds more like a job. It rolls off. It rolls off the tongue better. Almost like a like a blade knockoff kind of a thing, you know? It's like vampire slayer. Yeah, Gee. I played the Simon Belmont looking. Simon Belmont guy. ass guy. Bro, yeah. the person I've been having the most fun with is the barbarian Bone. guy. Oh, okay. Who throws extra projectiles because then you can get the extra projectile things in the game. Like yep. as and a you power can also up. in your permanent upgrades you can just duplicate it. So you can just have like yeah. six knives at the start of the game. It's and great. It's crazy. It's so helpful, and it works on all types of projectiles, so the only thing it doesn't work on is the garlic, from what I know, which means that yeah. literally pick up everything except every offensive thing you can, except for garlic. Which, if you get the Bible, it kind of replaces garlic as a AoE Have you, uh, around you. And the cool, the other cool thing about it, about picking up these items, is depending on which ones you pick up, you're only limited, you're limited to picking up five weapons and five items and depending on which items you pick up by the end like eventually you'll get to a point where you fully max out your equipment but if you have certain pairs together you can get a specialty item that is it based on pairs yes it's based on pairs so if you have the like item a build item weapon right Pairs, not like weapon okay yes yeah so if you have the knife the knife and you pick up the gauntlet if you level up the knife all the way to the end, and then level you pick eight, up, I think, yeah, and then you pick up a chest, it'll become a permanent, better version of the knives, which it'll have no delay. I think it just constantly comes yeah, out, it right? Never stops, yeah, which is awesome. And then for the Bible, the axes I think turn it's, into scythes. Which oh, they do. I never around. got that one. 
Oh, he did. That's okay. Sick. I got the Bible, so, the knives, uh, the fire wand. Yep. And, Turns into just molten balls. Yeah. Molten. <laughs> it's like molten lava balls. Yeah, you know, molten balls. Molten milk balls. Molten milt molten. <laughs> it's just a. Uh, it's just a fun word to say. But yeah, the like. There's more complexity than just uh, walking around. Like you, like you have to kind of figure out when you want to pick up certain items at a certain time, and depending on the clock, like there's certain times some weapons are better than others, and sometimes you might want to hold off a little bit because you don't know if because you might get a collection of things you want to pick up, but you don't know which one you need, and you have a bunch of slots open, so you might want to hold off and like see if maybe that item you really are looking, maybe you have the knife equipped and it's almost done but you still haven't found the gauntlet yet you might want to wait a little bit until the gauntlet comes up in the chest so that way you can get the super knives and then just wreck shop i did this one run this was one of the ones i like actually completed because i got the bible fully Mm -hmm. upgraded so it just spins around you constantly the axe fully upgraded so it turns into sides that like instead of shooting just up they shoot the entire circle out. Oh, snap. And garlic fully upgraded, which didn't turn into anything, but the area of effect was just huge. Oh, man, that's lame. So I literally could just stand. That's insane. What, I guess it's a little spoiler-ish, but what makes, what do you combine with the garlic to make I it? I don't know. I haven't made it anything. It just, I've fully upgraded it uh, to okay. eight. And I, I, I've been combining well, what, it with just the area of effect because that just makes it bigger. Okay. What do you do to get the axes to sides? I don't remember. <laughs> I think it was... It, what are the upgrades? There's armor, health, there's spinach, there's the rune tracer. Spinach. I think it might be spinach because that's damage. Yeah. Okay. Well, the well, rune tracer is a weapon. No, there's the item that increases your spell cooldown. It's a separate oh, right. item. It's a book, right? It looks like a book. That's the spell tome. I'm talking about something else. Well, the the rune tracer is the like trap triangle thing that like shoots out. It's like a it's a gold knot. It looks like a gold. Oh, that one. That one. Yes. The rune tracer. Oh, no, you're right. That name is paired to that item. But for whatever reason, I'm remembering a different item. Dang. Big, dumb brain. But that game is a lot of fun. I'm glad to hear that you're playing it. Yeah, it's very good. I also uh, was convinced to pick up. I haven't played it yet, but I saw that you have it. Risk of Rain 2. Yes. So I got Risk of Rain from a friend of mine who wanted to play games together. We played it twice and then I never played it again because it is somewhat. It's very similar to Vampire Slayer, except it's more of a 3D open arena type situation. And it's a little more, it's more sci-fi and it is a lot of fun. I think what made me kind of drop off in it really quickly was like, it's fun to go, go around and like try and survive as long as you can, but I couldn't find anything else to kind of latch onto that. I wanted to, you know, keep me going throughout it. Like there was no extra progression, at least that I was able to find like external progression. Okay. Like, it's literally just like you hop in, you enter a world, you shoot up some baddies, you try to survive as long as you can, and then you go into another world, and then you do the same thing. But, like, I I think you should definitely try it out for yourself if you like roguelike 
survival. I sur- like the very shooters. quick run mm-hmm. kind of games. Like, oh, I'm going to hop in, do a couple runs. That's why I like Monster Hunter. It's because I can hop in, do a 15 minute hunt. Yeah. Then you'll definitely, you'll probably like Risk of Rain. But like I said, Elden Ring has really been taking up my time. Once I beat it, I think the feather in my cap is going to like, like it's my beat. The bee in my bonnet's going to be done buzzing and I can finally get to the backlog and do. I do plan to do more Chrono Trigger, but I wanted to talk about like why I think I'm not as latched onto it as Elden Ring. The obvious being, oh, Elden Ring's new. It has hype and it's from your favorite series. Yes, but I think there are some gameplay fundamentals that actually make me more inclined to hop into Elden Ring when choosing to play a game. And I think some of those like, oh, I can just hop in for 15 minutes and go run around, find a thing. And if I don't do that thing right now, I can mark it on my map, but it's there and I can make my own kind of like pathing and dictate the play session. Whereas Chrono Trigger, it's a story. I'm I'm going through a story and yeah, I can just go like, I'm going to go level up uh, Chrono and the gang and just grind out a couple. But that's not really how you sit down and play an RPG. You go through, play the story and you do the dungeon until the next save point. So I feel there is more of a time dedication to Chrono Trigger where you you have to be prepared to like, all right, I'm going to sit down and play this for two hours, whereas a Monster Hunter, Elden Ring, and it's like, all right, I have 15 minutes, I can do it. And then that 15 minutes seeps into an hour instead of planned hour play. And I think and this all comes down to like attention, uh, like being holding my attention and maintaining that and the kind of prep you have to do to get into a game. This sounds very logistical for like playing games, but I think as a design, it's inter- interesting to kind of like see these design standpoints and at which point i would want to play the game because i loved pokemon as a kid i don't really think i can play pokemon in the same way anymore because i played pokemon on buses in the car doing errands and just with things where i did not have autonomy and i needed to do something there was an rpg put it in my hands and i had that amount of time to play Now, as an adult, I'm like, well, I dedicate my time. So I want to do I enjoy the story, but I playing just an RPG feels weird. I I don't know. Do you get what I'm saying? Am I rambling? No, you're not rambling. You're just explaining your feelings about RPGs. I so I'm going to briefly talk about my experience with Chrono Trigger because I've I've been enjoying it a lot. And the only reason why I pause is one to to see what Elden Ring's all about, and I'm glad I did because it's a lot of fun. But the other reason is because I got stuck. I'm currently in a in a in an area where I'm fighting a big baddie, and I'm not. I'm uncertain as to if I'm unprepared for the fight, or if maybe I'm just a little under level, or if I have the wrong party people. Because so far, the fights in Chrono Trigger for me have been relatively easy to manage due to the scaling of defensive items that you pick up versus the enemy power creep. So I feel like I've been able to manage all of that stuff. And I think that goes into why I've been enjoying the game so much is similarly to Elden Ring, 
Chrono Trigger doesn't really give you a lot of direction as to what the tutorial, like tutorial wise, and in the sense, it comes from an era of games where part of the game is figuring out how everything works. And I think that's one of the reasons why I've enjoyed playing Elden Ring after playing Chrono Trigger is because it's made me realize that, oh, like from software games aren't necessarily unforgiving. Well, they're not unforgiving, but what they are is they're, they aren't pulling their punches with you because they know you can take it. Elden Ring is difficult because you are probably someone who's been playing games for a long time and this is the first time you've been challenged since, you know, the last time you played. Everyone's been playing. Now again nowadays people are playing things like Call of Duty or Fortnite or like all these FPS shooters and they completely forget how like you know, before COD and all these other games, people used to play games like Chrono Trigger or like other 3D adventure games like The Legend of Zelda or like Morrowind is kind of, that's eh, not that old, but like it's, it's in the same vein of like these open world RPGs that try and put you in the world by like letting you figure everything out. But like for Chrono Trigger, Almost like taking away the expectation of winning. Exactly. Like, it's it's not promising you that you are going to be an expert at this game. It's telling you that if you want to be good at this game, you have to figure it out. So I think what you're coming down to is what we call game literacy. And it's actually the ability to read not just like the words, obviously, and the definitions, but more so the thematic points of the game and aspects like Chrono Trigger definitely has a lot of that early Final Fantasy game literacy where it's like, yeah, you need to know the status ailments. You need to know how to cure sleep and there will be bosses that do just here's death. You have 10 seconds to use the item or beat me or else your entire party dies. And those aspects as developers work on things and as games get released, you kind of build on those inherently. And that makes this kind of almost like Japanese RPG game literacy notebook that you kind of have to understand to really get into or appreciate the game from software games have very much their own game literacy book where it's yeah, you're gonna need to learn backstabs, you're gonna in some of them, you need to learn the parry in some of them, you really need to learn like your role percentage, like I was talking to our friend who also picked it up. And he didn't know that his slow roll was because of his his armor, like all the things he has equipped. Yeah, his equipment weight. And so it's just those kind of things that as you play, you slowly develop, which is why I think it took me three times to get into Dark Souls is because each time I did, I failed. It annoyed me. I stopped, but it kept pestering me and I kept learning more each attempt. And that is the gameplay cycle of like an Elden Ring, whereas Chrono Trigger, it's very much if you've beaten an RPG before, you're probably maxed out at that literacy. And it's just learning how this game is using those. I'll I'll call them terms or game archetypes to play. Chrono Trigger, by all means, is still I'm going to be playing more Chrono Trigger, you know, as past this review of it because I want to get past the thing that I've been stuck on this whole time. It's an incentive like being stuck. This is the first time I've been stuck at a thing for the whole for the whole 12 hours I've played the game and it's exciting for me because it's like, oh, there's finally like something I have to try and figure out and the only reason why the game has kind of felt like a little bit of a cakewalk is because of previous experience that I have with RPGs and not to mention the story of Chrono Trigger is way 
like way better than any other review I've ever seen could like properly describe. I was under the impression I had always known prior to chrono, playing Chrono Trigger that people put it in a in, it does, it's in a pinnacle of you know RPGs of its time, and some people say it's the best one of all time, and that's just words, right? So I left off in Chrono Trigger right at the point, and this is a little spoilerish, depending on if you want spoilers or not. But I was going up against, and we kind of discussed it a little bit off off air on his pronunciation. I think it's Magus, Magus's boss fight or Magus. M-A-G-U-S. I hate it. Magius? Magius? I yeah. think it is meant to be Magius because it's mage. He's magic-y, ma- yeah. Magical. But his boss fight's really hard. And I need to either re-equip some stuff. I, the fun part about uh, totally legal software is that I can create save states. So I just did a save state prior to going into that fight. And now I'm backtracking to see if there's items I may have missed to better help me survive those fights. Because he does a lot of magic damage. And for whatever reason, I cannot keep up with his damage output. And it's very aggravating. Are you using magic? I am. Like you got magic, right? I'm using okay. the... So the, the combat works as he casts a certain element and then he becomes vulnerable to only that element so if he casts thunder only attacks that are thunder based will deal regular damage to him and everything else does uh he's resistant to but then after you go okay. through those like you go that he does that a couple of times and then he gets into an end game it seems like an end boss state where he creates he creates a very powerful powerful spell called dark matter or something along those lines you know stereotypical over the top fantasy spell name and he charges it up for about one or two turns, and so you can either spend that- Who's in your party? It's me, Frog, and- Oh, what's her name? The Metal Slug character. Not Jess. <laughs> what the heck's her name? She is a Metal Slug she's, character. No, dude, I, she's straight up a Metal Slug character. All of her spells are just her throwing grenades and shooting flamethrowers. Like- Rocket launcher. You, you cannot convince me she is uh, not a Metal Slug character. <laughs> I love her so much. Luca? Yes, Luca. Luca, Luca, Luca. Right, the Bulma looking. Yeah. Well, well, one of the one of the Bulma looking. Yes. Akira Toriyama only has so many female designs. He only. He, let's be honest. He only has like four good designs. Everyone's got either one of three faces: sharp, Listen, round. I, I love them. Sharp, round, or feminine. There's only those. Listen, <laughs> you're either Trunks, Vegeta, Kid Goku. Or woman. Yes. Or strong woman. You're right. There's some strong women. But that's mostly just like launch, right? Yeah, pretty much. Launch (laughs) and uh, who he forgot about. Yes. I can't believe. Launch was such an interesting character, too. Yeah. Totally forgot that she existed. Yeah. And. Like, literally, he just forgot. Really? Just. Yep. Just bring her back. (sighs) <sighs> anyway <laughs> so that, but yeah you're going through the boss battle yeah that so he gets into an end game phase and throws down a big spell it does over 200 damage and by this point in the game you have maybe 300 you should you, do your characters have about you have 300 a hmm? uh, like p5 thing where you everyone has to defend uh there's no action that i could find where you can go into a defensive stance but there is Isn't i think there? one party member can cast protect but i think that's no, only you're for right. physical damage 
It's not like a... But you know, Robo's spells are, you know, they don't have a spell type, but they count as dark. Yes. So maybe, maybe that's what you're meant to do i'm not sure because it seems like it, that's the opportunity i mean you brought it up in the like before earlier in the podcast where these types of bosses will have like a like a phase in them where it's like hit me now or you're gonna deal you're gonna die or take this time to recover so that when i hit you you're not gonna die and that's what this part feels like but it also stinks because he does cast a spell outside of the elemental ones called hp drain and it drains your it drains your health like over time but for whatever reason when i get to the end of the fight where he starts throwing out dark matter i can't heal myself to full health and i've been trying to figure out why i can't cure it because i've tried using heal i've tried using heal the item to like the status cure item yeah to see if it like maybe the hp drain is a status effect and i have to cure it but it didn't work so maybe there's another because i'll I'll, again going back to the language of rpgs i know in final fantasy there are like cures but there's also then like softeners or whatever they're called which prevent like petrification or like specific ailment types yes but i have yet to see items like that in stores or even on pickup otherwise i would have also tried those and i'm not gonna lie like it got to a point where i was still stuck in the fight to where i wanted to just look up and see if i was doing something wrong or if i could find out more about the hp drain spell but even though the game's been out for all this time i have not been able to find anything to help me figure out what exactly the drain spell does to my characters and if it does prevent max hp uh recovery after being hit by it too many times because that's what happens is like he'll hit me with it once and then he'll go into a different element i focus on the element uh dealing damage to him with that element he'll swap attacks or swap elements i'll heal up he'll cast hp drain again and then by the time we get to that end stage i'm i'm trying to use uh full uh, what are they called? Well, like full restores essentially to heal back up, and it only heals up to like a hundred or a hundred and sixty or a hundred and like anything below two hundred. And it's I was racking my brain, it was so frustrating. But I'm sure it's something. Do you minor. have to use another. I like. Do you have to like? Does full restore only go to up to a hundred sixty? It goes up to two. Well, it's it's a he, it's a mid heal. So it heals 200 oh, HP yeah. instead of 50 HP. Okay. Yeah. I think it might just be, I'm missing, I might just be missing something. And once I get back into it, now that I've taken some time away from it, the next time I go into Chrono Trigger, I bet you I'm going to do it without a hitch. And I'm just going to be like, what, what happened? What changed? <laughs> and literally yeah, nothing changed. Or you'll put a, you'll put a healer in your party and that's able to do like a healing beam. And- yeah. Yeah, that's how these games work, or how I've seen them work in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we mentioned Akira Toriyama having like four designs. Yes. But I kind of want to take a moment and like jump into the history of Chrono Trigger and its dev cycle. Okay. Because I think it's really interesting. Because mm-hmm. I do plan on keep playing it and talking about it a bit more later once either completed or gotten to a point where I feel comfortable super talking about it. But really the point I'm at now, the story wise, it just feels like a good earnest story that I just don't have the attention span to sit down right now and commit myself to because of Elden Ring. But that will change. Did you say where you are in Chrono Trigger? Uh, Yeah, I'm like right after you first go to the time place. Okay, so you've just like, reached the, the end I'm, of time. The end of time, and then I went to the cave to the left. That's about it. Okay. So, this, 
The history of Chrono Trigger is actually really cool because... <laughs> you sounded so defeated, though. I thought I was expecting a different answer. <laughs> so what? Where yeah, I was? Yeah, no, you were like... <sighs> so the history yeah. of Chrono Trigger is... <laughs> I mean, because there's no like big boss that's stopping me. It's literally just attention span and how much I'm willing to put into the game right now. Mm-hmm. I, I need to get back into like doing the bike workout and playing Chrono Trigger because that was like having a dedicated I'm being productive in playing a game definitely helped with this style of game mm-hmm. versus the all absorbing Elden Ring, which is just all right, I'm not being productive, but that's fine. I like this. Like it, not that I don't like Chrono Trigger. It's just that different addiction levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yes, dev cycle of Chrono Trigger has been really interesting. So it starts out with uh kira toriyama yuji hori and hironobu sakaguchi uh kira toriyama being the artist for dragon ball dragon quest yuji hori being the writer of enix's dragon quest and uh on this game he represents the writer and designer and sakaguchi was the game designer of most final fantasies from like one to five he was kind of like a lead designer as well as the writer of final fantasy six which was in development at the same time as Chrono Trigger. And Chrono Trigger's team got together and after four days created this concept and took half of the Final Fantasy VI team, which was working on the game congruently, and half newcomers totaling to about 60 devs and Kazuku Aoki uh, offered to produce the game and like get it going. As a game, this is really like the accumulation of that era's RPGs just as the best game ever. Yeah. So... We have devs from Final Fantasy, devs from Secret of Mana, devs from Dragon Quest, all the top players just really wanting to put their passion into this game while working on Final Fantasy VI, the game other people call the greatest RPG of all time, while also creating Secret of Mana, a really artistically interesting uh, RPG that changes up some art styles and basic archetypes of the genre. Spices things up. Just a little sprinkle. Yeah. And then we get uh, Yasunori Mitsuda, who wrote the Final Fantasy tracks and composed the music for this. And he composed uh, 90%, I think, before he fell ill. Uh, he's fine now, but he just got... I think he, like, overworked himself oh, during this. Oh, that's I right. Mean, I, remember, I remember reading... I been watching articles and stuff about chrono trigger and i remember one of the facts that they had brought up is um like yeah he worked so hard that he kind of let his health kind of become a secondary priority and then he got sick because of it yeah which is a sad expectation of development especially from japanese creators mm-hmm. but then nobu umetsu nobu uematsu nobu uematsu who was the final fantasy composer uh mitsuda was uh just another composer my bad he took over uh and finished up the tracks and like i think he did most of the like mixing and implementation finished it up and what we get is this um like it i haven't played much and i know it's like well you're saying all these that this game's amazing and stuff even though you haven't played even though i haven't played it much i can tell this is a game that comes from it's got a pedigree to it it's got a pedigree and it comes from people who love RPGs and wanted to make a really good one. And I think it, it does it does shine through. I've I haven't had this much fun playing an RPG in a while and I don't technically consider Elden Ring to be I don't really I mean it's 
it is an RPG, but like this is Chrono Trigger is more, I guess Chrono Trigger is more like a tactical, tactical role-playing game in a sense. So it's the most, it's the most fun I've had playing a TRPG in a very long time. I don't know if it's the first, but it's one of the first like active time battle, Mm -hmm. which is that, you know, like that active bar comes up and enemies can attack you while you're waiting. Yeah, it's a very interesting mechanic. It makes it really fast and bumping. And I'm thinking like, why... Because I, I definitely enjoy this more than I think I would enjoy just turn-based RPG because I'm thinking, what about the RPGs really do I enjoy? Because I enjoy stat leveling and equipment builds and doing all these things of Elden Ring. And a lot of those come from RPGs like Chrono Trigger and those method. But I'm thinking, what about, I don't know, because like the Final Fantasy VII remake, I adored, I plowed through. Is it just because it's new and a little bit more shine i don't know it might be like yeah that idea that this is one of the first instances of it so it's like bare bones whereas final fantasy 7 remake is the latest implementation of this type of combat well i feel like it has to do with the activity of the game because while chrono trigger has like the active time battle and you do things you don't move around you don't like it's still an rpg you stand still you do your attacks you just have to do them on kind of a bit of a timer while final fantasy 7 remake you ran around and it was almost uh kingdom hearts style Mm -hmm. gameplay uh where you do your thing and then your specials are connected to the atb which are what's going to do your most of your damage or your basic attacks and and you have to traverse a tiny menu on the bottom left side of the screen and use the D-pad to try that. to figure I, out how to just cure yourself. You have to go through three sub-menus. Just make shortcuts. It's R1 triangle. Yeah, well, is that the first thing I thought about when I picked that game up way back when? No, I was like, hey, I'm friends with Goofy and Donald, and we're going to go explore Disney places Hang out together. With Who's this guy with a giant's gun sword? He seems pretty cool. Is he... F- Oh, God, you told me his name, and I completely... Leon. Leon. Squall or Leon. His name's Squall in Final Fantasy VIII, but they call him Leon in... Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts, because he lost the vision of him... Because he lost the vision of himself because he let his hometown get destroyed and taken over by nobodies, and listen, okay, there's (laughs) story... Is there story where they were just trying to come up with excuses to have Final Fantasy characters in a... Square Enix game about Disney. A little bit of both. <laughs> We're not here to talk about Kingdom Hearts. No, not yet, at least. <laughs> Question mark? But yeah, so I th- I think what it comes down to is just a bit of a personal bias towards the amount of input I need to put into a game. Mm-hmm. I'm enjoying Chrono Trigger, but I definitely got get more sucked into and have a more intrinsic enjoyment of games where I have a lot of button inputs. So like an RPG like the Final Fantasy VII Remake or like a Dark Soul, where I feel that my button inputs are affecting more so than just menu selections. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I personally really enjoy the aspects of Chrono Trigger that I tend to look for in games, which is story, a little bit of exploration, uh, and character. Like characters really make it for me. And I know Elden Ring isn't like really, it doesn't, from what I've experienced so far, it doesn't have a ton of characters, but like you going out on the adventure is more than enough for like, that's the, I understand that's the enjoyment I get out of, uh, Elden Ring, but for Chrono Trigger, I'm really loving the story and the writing. I think the writing is really good. Oh, I love the. I mean, that's what's making me want to play it more. If it was just the RPG, like full battle mechanic simulator, I would be in it. But Robo being Robo, Luca and Robo's kind of like little relationship they get together. Um, 
like Luca being a bit of an outcast and like Robo having no one to relate to, but being able to relate to Luca because of the mechanic side. Marl being just cute. Yeah, Frog's whole backstory, like they explore it more in like the first couple of hours when, because you meet him briefly when you accidentally go into the past. You fall, you fall back into the past, you meet Frog, and then you go back to the, you accidentally go back, you propel past the present into the future. But Frog, like when you go and see him again, his whole backstory gets explained. And it's really, like it's, it's sad, but like I wasn't expecting it to be, I was going into this with an expectation of not Want, looking for anything too thematic just because I a lot of times games of the past kind of put story second even with some RPGs but Chrono Trigger really you know put their nose to the grindstone when it came to developing like really good characters and a really interesting story I was a little lost at the beginning because I lost the motivation as to why they just kept traveling through time but it didn't stop me from playing because I wanted to see more uh, more interactions with characters in different parts of the game so like that's interesting you say that because the thing that really attracts me is the just traveling through time because they learn like initially it's i have to save marl okay Ernest, gotta go gotta do that cool and after that it's how, how do they get to the um the steampunk future they they oh they're running away from uh guards yes hop into a new thing and they're in the steampunk and then they just find out that the world's going to be destroyed it will never affect them because it's happening so far in the future it's several um, thousand years in the in the future seven thousand years in the future will never affect them in their lives they could live their whole life selfishly and just like not affect it but they learn that this bad thing's gonna happen and just so childlike they're like oh i'm gonna save it like we're gonna we gotta help because people will be hurt so we need to help yeah and that's just like so earnest and loving of the i i love that about these characters yeah but it's also it also seemed like an event that wasn't gonna like there was nothing they could do to change it but they're still gonna do it anyway and i don't know i don't know like i think it might have been like after a few a day after i had watched that cutscene where i was in 60 it was it's like six, 65 million bc because you have to get a certain material that doesn't exist in the modern day and i remember running around and i just had a brief moment of being like why am i here again why are we traveling through time i don't remember <laughs> but it was still like i'm still having a lot of fun going and seeing these this little world that they do and it's fun traversing the big overworld map while traveling through time because then you get to see the changes to the map that happen over the course of several um, sometimes million years but like over a thousand a couple hundred thousand years thought it was really cool it is i i also really so, like there's a mini so they have some mini games every once in a while and there was you had to do a speeder bike race against a guy in the future if you wanted to progress further in the game and i thought that was really fun like I, it was something i was was not expecting whatsoever to be in this game and you have to do it every time you want to fast travel that way yeah and it's did you did you ever walk it without doing the speeder bike no i haven't okay so there's an item you actually get <sighs> Ooh. that's pretty cool um i think it just like records uh it, it records the time at which you did it and it's like if you beat the high score you get more items whoa that's pretty so this is a cute little is this a cool little thing that like yeah it, you, you can grind not in just the rpg styling but in just do this mini game really well. Yeah. Or like in the beginning, you could just do the mini games and get 
points and get potions or I don't know. I really like that about when RPGs, Final Fantasy 7 did that. That was the first one I've experienced. I had like really just here's some mini games. And it, it I like I like the break of flow, like changing yeah. it up a little bit, you know, does Final Fantasy 7 have the card? Which one has the card game to it? Final Fantasy 8. OK, I heard that people love like didn't that turn into its own spinoff, that card game? Uh, that's currently in the uh, Golden Saucer in Final Fantasy XIV, and people do, like, actual tournaments of it. Okay, but... Um, it's... I'm not a fan of it. I'm not a fan of that style. But it's style a good example of, of spending time on side content that becomes so dynamic and, you know, ex- like, to some people, it's it becomes almost as fun as the main game itself to where it gets spun off into its own thing. It's like Gwent in The Witcher. Yeah, Gwent and the Witch. Yeah, God, I, I was Gwent. about to say. But Gwent now is so different than it when than when you initially played it in The Witcher Three, and I'm kind of sad, but it also makes sense because card games have to evolve constantly. And the Gwent is still a lot of fun. It's just that no one I know plays it, so I'm in a <laughs> in my own little world. It's a little bit of a tangent, but like, ah, oh, guys, guys, give Gwent a shot if you like card games and you want something new because the mechanics are very interesting. Ugh, that's my Gwent rant. So I think that should also wrap up kind of our discussion on Chrono Trigger right now. I do want to come back to it, but I think it would be best to come back to it when we both beat Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Because I do plan on beating it. It's just much like The Witcher and all these other long. I just need to put time into mm-hmm. it and actually beat it. I'm terrible at beating RPGs, so this may be a little bit, but I will beat P5. I promise, Jack. You, you um, should. You're, you're I'm only, on the last dungeon of P5. Well, I just listen, this is only, how bad I you're am. You're only hurting yourself. I am. <laughs> it's not even P5 Royale. It's just the original. I P5. still have to get P5 Royale, but I know I'm going to fall into the rabbit hole of oh well. There's 120 hours of my life that went straight into this game. I won't be mad maybe, about it, but I maybe will we be. We can make an episode on that. Maybe P5 episode. Jeez, I don't know how I, that'll be. P5 Royale will be oh. my Elden Ring exactly i will put a hundred hours in in like two days and then people will be like hey are you okay it's like no socked out yes but no i'll just be only responding in the soundtrack <laughs> oh, it's such um, a good soundtrack too ah it is oh, God, God. I, I saw it on vi- i was gonna get it for you on vinyl <gasps> for your birthday what uh but it's 500 dollars. <laughs> yeah that's why and i was, I was like, like no what I, I was love like, you, I'm not but di- don't do that. I, I thought of well, this was like two like last year okay. when like I was planning and I was like, oh cool, that'd be a cool little thing. No. Uh, Sorry, Jack. No. I will I will eventually Get you buy a that. camera bag. Like oh, man. Right. So I think now it's time for news or new to us. Yes. Um so recently the PlayStation State of Play 2022 uh happened. And we're not going to talk about everything that happened in the state of play. If you want to see it, you can go watch it. I think it's up on YouTube or I'm sure if you're listening to a video game podcast, you already kind of heard it. Hey, but Evan, there what was is, what, what's the state of play, though? What are the what's what does that even mean? It's uh, PlayStation's. Is it a showcase? Roundup. Yeah, it's a PlayStation showcase roundup of things they expect to be putting out within the next uh, couple of quarters. Oh, cool. Uh, for their games. Sony in particular. Um, so starting off, we have the not Dino Crisis game, Exo Primal. That uh, totally which sounds is a Capcom. like the 
Dino Crisis game. Which, yeah, continue. Sorry. It, <laughs> it is a Capcom dinosaur wave game that is goofy, big and over the top. That's not Dino Crisis for some reason, even though it looks like it should be. Um, that is coming out uh, 2023 uh, is the slated release. That is a whole uh, but yeah, nine months away. But yeah, it just kind of looks like uh, Earth Defense Force, but with dinosaurs style game. You're a bunch of sci fi gunners. Taking down dinosaurs rampaging on a city. If you like the goofy wave style gameplay of those, this seems to be that. Hmm. It does sound like fun. Now, now I should preface that Evan has seen the PlayStation State of Play, and I haven't. So I'm hearing about these in real time, and I want to. I want to see the thing that is next on this list. <laughs> yes, and I want Jack to actually see this link. So I'm gonna have him watch uh, this YouTube link of Gundam Evolution. I I think I may have talked about it briefly in episode zero, but if I didn't, I am a sucker for Gundam. I freaking love Gundam. It is so uh, just the concept of piloting a giant mech into battle and getting into cool fights. I wanted to get I try I played the Gundam multiplayer game that came out on PlayStation. Oh, God, when did that come out? I think it was two years ago. And I played it for a bit with a few friends and it was so much fun. But I didn't have like it fell into an area where the I couldn't keep up with the multiplayer as they were coming out with with stuff for it and i wasn't able to put in enough time to keep up with everyone else who was playing it because it seemed like it was getting to a point where there were a set number of people that were like this is the only game i will ever play ever and then i tried to be like that person and it didn't work (laughs) so i'm gonna watch this gundam evolution (gasps) oh get out of here dude yo this is just overwatch what (laughs) hey jack do you like overwatch i do Wait, because this is just a free to play Overwatch with Gundams. This is ridiculous. So what I think is going on. So I think they want to have more of a like that competitive esport cow to suck on. Like here's the Gundam game for the Gundam IP that's going to be as popular as Overwatch and get this huge become, you know, the huge game that they're playing. And it just, you know what? I'll take it. I'll take an Overwatch replacement and I'll take a new Gundam game. I'm going to play the absolute shit out of that game so this is going to be on ps4 and ps5 i hope it comes to pc because i have not booted up my ps4 in about a year and a half so i hope it still works and that i don't have to pay for sony internet again if this does well i think it you could probably see a pc release i just i want like i love the like 6v6 uh fps team battle games like that like if i'm going to play a competitive like a TF, like a TF2. Yeah, TF2 and Overwatch. I like, it feels almost like a party game, especially when you get a bunch of friends in. So really excited about that. That seems really interesting. Mm-hmm. It does seem, it, do, it looks like a lot of fun. I didn't realize it's one of those fun surprises where you didn't know you wanted it until uh, it already came out. And then you're like, oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> and they've got, I like that they have a nice mixture of the iconic Gundam robots as well as some of the like the mainstay grunt type uh, mechs as well. I used to oh, fuck. I used to know the names of all the mech types at one point in my life, but I can't anymore. I recognize them by visual though, so it's really cool that they're making this style of game. I didn't know I wanted it, and now I want it. <laughs> Can we talk about the other thing on the list that I'm freaking excited to hear about too? TMNT Cowabunga Collection. Cowabunga, dudes! 
So this is a TNT collection of all the arcade style uh, TMNT games. The cabinets. So like, the cabinet games. Yeah, the cabinets, the four-player beat-em-ups, all the good ones. Mm-hmm. But what I'm interested in is the TMNT Tournament Fighters, which is the TMNT Street Fighter-like fighting game. Which sounds like a idea that they should have done 40 years ago. <laughs> They did. This is this. These are um, all re-releases. Oh, damn. Well, look at that. Yeah. So this was on the SNES, I believe. I remember it just being like fine. I think there are some side shows at Evo that actually hold little tournaments of this. Uh, because like, you know, fighting game community loves their weird clay fighters mm-hmm. or like weirdo side games that actually have decent controls. If it's got if the controls are tight visuals are secondary exactly <laughs> exactly but yeah i love tmnt and i love uh the old beat 'em up cabinet games so excited for this yeah uh, and then these next two games uh i think you would be interested in so i had thrown a game i had thrown a game into this loop that has come up in my research for chrono trigger but it's not re- in relation to the playstation state of play but i'm gonna watch i'm gonna watch the, f- the video before it which you yes put. this will be trek to yomi which i just saw the cover art and went oh that's that's jack aesthetic I'm, i bet you'll like this so we can see take a moment right and see the trailer the I do really oh get out of here it's like a like an early 70s style black and white uh samurai film this almost kind of looks like a ghosts of uh, ghosts of shushima dlc that they would have just made this game kind of reminds me of those older arcade games you'd get on the xbox or playstation store made by a small company that just wanted to release a game but kind of like when they remade bionic commando yes like the xbox live arcade kind of games yeah that's what I, that's the kind of vibe i'm getting from this except now cleaner oh and there's like full-on cutscenes with voice acting yeah who's that old uh director kurosawa yeah you got the name yeah right. It looks very much like that, and I'm, I I saw that, and I went, oh, Jack loves that. I do. Okay. I'm a sucker for <laughs> uh, Lone Wolf and Cub. Right, and so that's a Devolver uh, digital game, and they've done some good things. Devolver Digital has really come around when it comes to their IPs. They're, they're a publishing place, so they're, they're not the devs. I believe the devs are Flying Wild Hog, it looks like. Okay. I, m- more so the games that they that Devolver picks up and pull and puts out into the world. Like I know they're not the ones making it, but the ones that they advertise for. They've definitely picked up a style. Yeah. And it, it's neat. It, it's the kind of like double A games yeah. that are really interesting to see. They're not like full triple A games, but they're not indie yeah you know i do so like they're really nice to see they have a lot of good aesthetics and like fun neat ideas happy to see them so put do you stuff want out. me to watch this last video you put in so i threw in in my research of chrono trigger i came across a game called sea of stars which is apparently a a homage to chrono trigger it's chrono trigger oh from the creators of the messenger that's oh. what it is yes oh this is pretty too yeah it's oh a, shit this is pretty it's a very attractive looking game and it's got some talent behind it it's got some beautiful visuals behind it it's like a more could be considered spiritual successor of sorts to chrono trigger in its style but it's mainly just a love letter for that game and it comes out this year some point and i saw it on steam and it's coming out for steam uh pc and switch i think this is reminding me of i think it's called fantasia what is fantasia so it is a game made by Miss Walker, which is a American Japanese uh, indie game studio who made things like uh, Blue Dragon and Lost Odyssey, Last Story, uh, those games. 
but it's made by the company was founded by Hironobu Sakaguchi from Chrono Trigger and the Final Fantasy series, mm-hmm. which we talked about. And it is a RPG, but it's for iOS and Apple Arcade. So like I can't play it, but this is very much in line with the early Final Fantasies. And it has like that um that style to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and it has like a diorama aesthetic. It just seems neat. But yeah, that definitely reminds me. Yeah, the I found the article in which I went into more detail about the game. They also use a lot of aspects from Super Mario RPG and those types of skill-based encounters. They have wheels where you can craft stuff, cooking, fishing, and minigame. Is this Fantasian? This is Sea of Stars. Uh, of the two, I'm going to be honest, mm-hmm. uh, Sea of Stars definitely looks way more up my alley. Oh, and it's coming out on the Switch? Perfect. Yes. So it's I Because I, I definitely concluded I need a... Um, I can't play RPGs on a, like standalone device or like a computer or a console it needs to be able to be mobile mm-hmm. i need to be wa- able to walk around and go to different places with it mm-hmm. because that's just god this pixel art looks adorable it's, it's gorgeous it's really good so we have one more video it's called gigabash yeah it, this is gigabash and do you remember playing godzilla ultimate destruction games yes i love those games so you should watch this trailer this is so i like the look of this game. I'm a big fan of big kaijus. This game is very more, is feels a lot more arcadey, which is not a bad yeah. thing. It looks like a mix between like Godzilla Unleashed and Power Stone. Power Stone. Where it's like that four player kind of pop angle view bashing game where yeah. you get upgrades. Yeah, and did you get did you, even bigger. <laughs> did you play Power Stone? I don't, I, the name does not ring a bell. Oh, I know Power Stone. I know yeah. this game. I had to look up art for it. But yes, I, I've, I've... Yeah, I don't know. That looks it like looks fun. cute. It looks like a cute little... Yeah, it's like a fun little party game. Like if you got a, little party a, game got a bunch you... of people over, it's like, hey, let's all beat each other up with, with Kaiju. All right. So that wraps us up. You can go and follow us on our new Twitter, at uh, Ret Zero Reservoir. So it's Retro Reservoir, but with a zero SEO. Very retro. Speak and leap. Yeah. Or just look up the Retro Reservoir on Twitter. We'll post updates and tweets. And uh, if you have any questions, feel free to at them to that. If you've got a game uh, that you want us to try, tell us. Tweet it. Be like, hey, there's a cool retro game that we want you to play. Just do it. Please. Just play this game that only I know about. And we'll, we'll make it a private episode for you, essentially. Please, I need an episode <laughs> on Hurdy Gurdy. <laughs> I need you to do an episode on Hurdy Gurdy. It's my favorite ps2 game <laughs> definitely uh let us know um you can share this podcast to anyone that you think would like listening to it we're on most podcast listening devices or share so. it with people you don't think would like it just to mess with them be like hey i heard of this podcast you might really like and they'll start it up and be like hmm you know i didn't need a retro gaming podcast until now so thank you yeah. for this s- s- weird surprise podcast. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it really helps us out if you uh, can rate on Spotify or wherever you're listening this to. Uh, it definitely helps us grow, get into more games and be able to do this maybe weekly later on. Ooh. But for now, this has been your retro biweekly podcast, The Retro Reservoir. I was Evan. I may be Jack. And uh, we'll catch you next time. See you on the flip flop. <laughs>